You're not meant to be sweeping the floor with him. Pick his feet up. His feet aren't the problem. Well, go on, give him a hand. This week we'll be talking about season two, episode two, The Fires. Episode 12. Episode 12. I can't speak. <laughs> the Fires of... It, it did show less. It, yes. Yes, that. Yeah, that's um, why I couldn't say the word 12, <laughs> is I was focusing too hard on being able to pronounce it as show less correctly. The fear was coming. <laughs> yeah. Everything else fell by the wayside. <laughs> anyway, uh, we open with this shot of this kind of kingdom with this like really old castle in the middle of it. Are we, um, we going to do an episode somewhere? Oh my fu- do oh my I get God. to do that? Oh, that's so my sorry. bit. Can I, I ruin my Wikipedia Let's somewhere? rewind. Alfie. <laughs> Hello, I'm Alfie. <laughs> I'm Angharad. Um, and I'm going to read the episode summary now, because that's the bit I get to do. <laughs> Morgos uses her magic to reawaken seven undead knights to attack Camelot. She seduces Morgana. <laughs> their sisters. Their sisters. Um, into being the source of a spell which puts everyone in Camelot to sleep and leaves the city vulnerable. When Merlin and Arthur return to the city to warn that the undead knights are awake, they are helpless to break the spell. That's not a good sentence. And begin to succumb to sleep themselves. After Merlin promises on his mother's life to free him, the great dragon advises Merlin to kill Morgana to stop the spell. Cornered into a desperate situation, Merlin is forced to poison Morgana, co- coercing Morgos to lift the spell in order to save her. Morgos takes Morgana away with her. Merlin fulfills his promise and frees the great dragon. Excellent. Yeah, all those things kind of happened. So we open with a great Morgos scene. Yeah, so there's like this huge castle, it's old. And when Ghost is inside, it's quite, like, drafty and covered in, like, cobwebs. At this point, I already was like, why not just, like, set up shop here, start a new magic kingdom? Yeah, this seems great. Like, I don't see the point. Seems atmospheric. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, atmospheric. It's surrounded by this land. Like, I don't see the problem. I think it is still in Camelot. Yeah, but, like, also, according to later on, no one has set foot in the castle for 300 years. Yeah, so it's, like a great and place. it seems like people generally kind of avoid the area, so... Yeah, and if you have the Knights of Merlodo, or whatever it's called, to protect your kingdom, I don't understand why that's not an appropriate plan. Never mind. Doesn't matter. Never mind, eh? Morgo says a long string of Old English ending with Uthrendragon. Yeah, which she just says in a kind of Celtic-y accent. Um, and then these like statues in the shape, well, like statues or like suits of armor or like thing- yeah, humanoids, I think kind of cu- like suits of armor, like in, like inhabited suits of armor, mm, come back to life. They look like dementors. They've got like kind of death eatery masks, and they've got like big, long, flowing black cloaks. Yeah, yeah, kind of. They they very much spooky. like stone, um, textured. They do look like they are the statues come to yeah, life yeah. to me. They're pretty, uh, yeah, they're pretty spooky. They are quite, they're quite effective. Anyway, the credits roll. Um, then we have this herder in a regional accent with mud all over his face reporting to <laughs> Arthur. Uh, sorry, reporting to Uther, who's lying on his own being an absolute dick. Being like, oh, what's the point? Come on, come, come on, on, come on, come on. Come yeah, on. yeah, be very unreceptive. <laughs> um, he's like, I was, you know, out and I saw smoke coming from the citadel, which has been abandoned for 300 years. Um, and the myths say that if the he's like you must know the legend sire <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like if the fires of Ida Sholas are you know lit then the knights of Medea will ride again 
Um, and Uther's like, okay. Uh, and sends Arthur to, like, sort yeah, it out. Yeah, Arthur's like, this is superstitious nonsense, which doesn't make any sense as, like, a belief, because... because magic exists. Magic exists. <laughs> and, like, like, Arthur has been cursed and, like, enchanted and, like, has witnessed, like... <laughs> other things that are real and like believes in dragons so why why is this one thing superstitious nonsense i think partly it's because it's so old like 300 years is a long time if someone told me like this thing happened in the 1700s and we have to take everything that they wrote down as fact i would be like everything no no Like, like obviously, time. there's like biases and miscommunications and like mistranslations and misrepetition. Yeah, and, like, I that guess. Seems, it like, just seems that they, I think he if, was maybe if, even if he was like, I think this is probably a bit of exaggeration. I feel like he would be maybe like a little bit more worried. Yeah, his attitude is like, I will go and do some patrols around the area to make everyone feel safe. But yeah, but generally they're already safe. Anyway, Gaius then tells Merlin like the real story, <laughs> the classic like older like great uncle character being like well these youths who don't believe in magic <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the story is that 300 years ago seven camelot knights were seduced by a sorcerer presumably her name was medea but they never explicitly say that no they are the knights of medea um and they're seduced one by one by the sorcerer and uh they become sort of immortal and they only stop going when she is killed and if they could be brought back by a different sorcerer is the, the idea is it which is quite an interesting origin myth because it has this kind of theme of like corruption and attacking the self because they are originally knights of camelot this is never mentioned again but they were originally knights of camelot they were yeah anyway um, that yeah and then they terrorize the country is yeah yeah <laughs> um to an extent in an extent to which the knights of camelot do if you're a magic user already terrorize the whole country yeah and Senred's men do if you don't, and yep. bandits. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty terrifying time yes. to be alive. Yep. <laughs> Nothing has changed for 300 years in Camelot. <laughs> um, uh, or some knights with Arthur leave to, like, patrol. Uh, Morgana's, like, in her room with uh, her bracelet prominently displayed, and she opens yeah. this little box. Have we seen the box before? Am I being, like... I don't think so. I can't full. remember. Like, I don't think I've seen it before, but somehow there's a box on her windowsill and in it is a little note from a ghost um i didn't pause the sh- the shot because i assumed that it would be read aloud at some point but i was wrong it wasn't ever read aloud. <laughs> it was like four lines of tiny tiny text i think it's just like hang on in there bud yeah <laughs> be all um, right she hides it from gwen um arthur dismisses the things merlin says about the knights of media as gaius's bedtime stories yeah <laughs> Which is again really funny because like Gaius has never said anything that has been fanciful for the sake of it. Yeah, Gaius, 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 well, Gaius is warnings normally. <laughs> Gaius's warnings normally come true. Yeah. <laughs> so, hmm. um, yeah. Then we see like Morgana like wandering the woods at night, and she comes across my ghost, and they're sort of happy to see each other. Um. And I think she. I think deliberately. I don't think she just comes across. Her. No, no, no. They no, arrange. No, but they're, they're like slightly shocked when they come across each other because they're both a bit tense. Yes. Um, and Morgana starts kind of talking about how she like hates Uther and like all of her, you know, opinions. And Morgos, for a, a good like two seconds, seems quite distressed by the things Morgana is saying, which is 
uh, this is kind of interesting note that was struck. Morgana's also like, I'm sick of pretending to be Uther's loving ward. Which is, she's not really pretending, given that the last time we saw Morgana and Uther in a room <laughs> alone together, him. she disowned him. <laughs> it's not really like a high level of like subterfuge Yeah, exactly, here. which is why like her level of sort of understanding what's happening seems to be actually quite low. Yeah. Anyway, and it's sort of, in- uh, I don't know, this is obviously me spiralling off because I love a theory. Morgo seems like slightly distressed for a, a hot second um, and then sort of offers like a new world and it's interesting because the last time we saw Morgo she also acted as this kind of semi-wish giver but the, to Arthur. Yeah. So she appeared and offered a wish explicitly to Arthur and he said tell me all you know about my mother. She didn't actually give him that. She like presented him with the ghost of his mother which is not the same. It's not, no. But so it's, she's, it's pretty good. I don't know. It's pretty good but it's not quite what she asked for, which is a different, it's a different thing, as opposed to normally in the wish myth, you wish for something and you get exactly what you asked for in a way that, like, is bad. Yeah. But in this, Morgos seems to sort of semi-grant wishes, but vaguely, like, kind of what you wanted. Yeah, yeah, But not yeah. quite. I don't know, it's just interesting because that was her role before, and in this, she doesn't seem to solidify her complete plan until Morgana says, this is what I want. Yeah. And she does it for her. And I'm just interested, I mean, we can talk about it more as the episode continues and afterwards, but, like, why is Morgos doing this? Yeah. It seems strange as well because she seems like she she loves Morgana so much, but she's also prepared to, like, enchant her in the middle of the woods. Yes. And make her, like, the subject of a spell that she's not, like, fully, like, Aware or consenting to. Yeah. She's kind of consented vaguely to, like, yeah. wanting the downfall, but she hasn't, like, said, like, yeah, I'm fine for you to, like... Yeah, she hasn't been told the plan. Or, like, agreed to the plan. Um, Morgos basically asks, whose side are you on, Uther's or mine? And Morgana says, yours, I choose you. And immediately Morgos magics Morgana to sleep and starts performing this other spell on her. Which, again, yeah, is, like, miss... It's not something that as an audience we're expected to trust or to think that oh Morgana chose this yeah yeah and it seems strange and Morgana seems like yeah I don't know almost like feverish for this whole scene yeah uh, Morgos mentions the bracelet she says are you making external like making sure to wear it which yeah. seems like suspicious yeah but again we have no obvious motive for the way Morgos is but like yeah behaving. it's not anyway Morgana wakes up and she's back in her bed in Camelot. She is very, like, incredibly disorientated, like, a bit scared. Like, yeah. she's kind of pale and looking around. And... and then we discover that Uther is in bed with a th- fever that had begun that morning. And something... Oh, yeah, the knights the knights of Camelot are headed to Idasholas and Merlin can hear something that Arthur can't hear, which previously had just been the sort of non-diegetic music. They're kind of magic yeah, yeah 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 but merlin can hear it now and is weirded out that the others can't yeah right but obviously they can't hear it because it's like a it's magic, magic user thing yeah 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 um we see that gwen and gaius back in camelot both have this fever oh. yeah gaius is trying to treat people and he gets he start getting to the symptoms he's, yeah he's yeah he's like sweating and tired and is dropping stuff yeah um Arthur finds a fire in Edisholas and it's still warm and 
Arthur says, it's probably just some travellers who are passing through. And Merlin says, oh, maybe, maybe not. not. As a joke. As and like, then it's a really terrifying battle scene. Like, the tone yeah. is completely changed. Like, it's like a fun, it seems like a fun, like, oh, maybe not. It's just some and banter. it's like, and then <laughs> the camera, like, wheels. Mm. And this is this like group of ominous undead soldiers, and you're like, well, that's not funny. And then all the other knights are about to die. Just to be clear, yeah, on how, everyone how else drastically dies. the tone shifts. Like I fully like. And then because Arthur's of the trying tone. to like desperately like sacrifice himself, and it's like, get out of him. Yeah, Merlin. he's like, run, Merlin, and Merlin just shouts, no, back. And then there's a bit where Merlin and Merlin stands in a doorway, and Arthur stands literally thirty feet in front of him, not even, facing not against even, the no, not even thirty feet. Sorry, in front of thirty him. feet. I meant centimeters. Yeah, like like <laughs> because Merlin is like holding onto his shoulder, and his like face is next to Arthur's ear, and, and Arthur's like, like protecting him from all these knights which are approaching. And Merlin just yells a spell and drags Arthur yeah. back as the out loud, falls physically in. out loud. So next Arthur knows. To Arthur's ear. Arthur knows. <laughs> there's no way. Arthur knows. And the ceiling falls in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows. He Not even Arthur is that. And so, so what we've got in this episode is like Arthur knows all this shit, and he's just never going to mention it. All this stuff exists. It's never going to be spoken. So my proposal is now that also they just probably did kiss, and I'm just not going to mention it. Yeah, and just don't want to. Yeah, just don't want to talk. Because then it. we cut to them like in the, the forest, forest, like adrenaline situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, don't want They're in the forest. They run a little bit further, and Arthur's like, "Oh, you're injured." And Merlin's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. And Arthur is, like, semi-proud of him for getting his first battle yeah, wound. Yeah, yeah. Isn't like his little first battle wound. He's been, like, battered so many times. I know. Um, and then he, like, rips off the bottom of his shirt to bandage uh, Merlin's arm up. And it's very sweet. And it's made, uh, like, this nice gesture is undermined by Merlin being like, you know, I'm going to have to fix that for you. Well, no, Merlin's like, you're going to ruin it. And Arthur's like, well, then you can fix it. <laughs> like, oh. Because he knows he has magic. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, like five seconds. Chill the fuck out. Sake, man. <laughs> Did really work. Um, and they figure out that nobody else has escaped from Edishawless, which is yeah, worrying. In Camelot, everyone is asleep or unconscious. Um, Merlin and Arthur arrive back in Camelot to find this. Um, like a horse kind of comes into the courtyard, pulling a cart, and the man on the cart is unconscious as well. Um, yeah, it's kind of eerie. Yeah, Merlin goes to see if he can find Gaius. He yells Arthur's name and Arthur runs uh, to answer him. And they both are now inside looking at everyone asleep and they're super shocked. They're like, oh my god, everyone's asleep. Everyone was asleep outside. Yeah, I know. I don't know why they thought it would be different. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Why were they like, oh, everyone's asleep except the people we really need. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... Um, uh, we, I think we get a shot of Gaius asleep. I don't know that they necessarily come across her, him yet. We go Arthur's to the, the... trying to find Uther. From this point on, Arthur is like, we find the king, we protect the king, that is the job. And he's right. Like, that's how, like, throughout kind of the medieval period, the early medieval period, people were constantly being, like, overthrown or, like, kicked out of their own kingdoms and they were back ruling within the year. Yeah. Like, so, like, this is actually a sensible plan. So yeah, we've got to find Uther. Also, like, on the other hand, he could just give up and be like, I will be king, I'll come back in a year. But yeah, that's he true. He doesn't do but that. But he doesn't do that because he's a good boy. Yeah, he goes to find Uther. He does find Gwen asleep on the floor and puts her in a bed, which is kind of sweet. There's some movement in the room behind a curtain and they find it's Morgana. They both, like, scream in each other's faces <laughs> uh, when uh, the curtain is moved. Uh, but then they're like, oh, it's okay, it's you. 
But Arthur is quite harsh with her and is like, why is it that you're the only person awake and she can't answer his question? Yeah. Because obviously the answer is, fuck, I'm in league with my magic sister. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally consented to a plan that had no concept of what would happen next, and now this has happened. Um, uh, Merlin tells Morgana that he like won't tell Arthur about the magic, and he's like, that's probably why you're not asleep, because you have magic and it's protecting you. And she's like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that's a good excuse. Cool. Um, uh, Arthur finds Uther. Um, he, uh, he's like lying face down on his desk in his room. He like props him up to look at his face and then just lets go and he's he just let's go. He's just back down. He just lies onto the, onto the desk. Oh, um, it's very ridiculous. Merlin has made up a story for Arthur being like, oh, Gaius made this potion for Morgana and he gave it to her, but then everybody fell asleep and nobody had time to drink the potion. And that's why she's awake and everyone instead else is of, asleep. Instead of just being like, like her like sleeping potion has reacted strangely with it or something. Yeah, or something like, like, should have done, like something that only Morgana, only true of Morgana. Yeah, because then Arthur spends the rest of the time being like, "Can you go find the potion for everyone else?" And Merlin's like, "No, no, <laughs> that's not gonna work." Yeah, Arthur's like, "I'm gonna go off to the lower town for some reason," and he's like, "Merlin, you go see if you can find Gaius and this potion thing." Um, Morgana, take this sword, protect Uther. It's nice that he still trusts that she can wield a sword. Yeah, that that is true. Also, she although she looks at it like she's never seen a sword before, which is strange because she we know that she has it. It's like actually... because she's completely like out of her mind. She has yeah. no idea what's happening. That's true. Um, then we see a shot of the knights bowing to Morgos. Um, and then we cut back to Merlin and his book trying to find spells to wake up Gaius. Where which was actually... Morgos when they were in the ca- when they were in the castle thing? Like, I think she, at that point, she's like in her own castle but like she does arrive extremely fast but we could put that up to either magic or there just being loads of castles everywhere <laughs> just, <yeah>. that's true <laughs> so i think at this point she's in the castle because then we see shots of them like on their way yeah. later so she's still there they bow they're like making a plan merlin is trying to use spells to wake up gaius and he does, is, he does I, a creepy one that animates him like a puppet he's, he does this first. so like uh, guys is asleep over his table uh, Merlin activates the first spell. Uh, Gaius sits straight up and grins like like a yeah like a mannequin like a ventriloquist mannequin. Um, he uses the second one. Gaius falls straight to the ground but is still grinning like a maniac. Um, the third one just drops a load of water on Gaius's yeah. head, and then Merlin has to stop because Arthur has arrived yelling, "Merlin, and look!" Then- there are knights outside. And riding. then, uh, then uh, Merlin hastily shoves his large magic book under like a manila folder with like four <laughs> pieces of paper in. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Um, <laughs> cool. Then, then great job, buddy. <laughs> then Arthur and Merlin like stand on the balcony and discuss the fact that in the legend there are only seven knights of Medea, but there is an extra rider. So who is it? Uh, and they go back to like carrying the unconscious Uther around. The, the castle. They notice that they're getting sick. Yeah, they're starting... Getting sweaty. They're starting to, to, like, sort of, like, sweat a little bit. There's some slow motion galloping. Um, they're, like, dragging Uther around, and Arthur says something along the lines of, like, you, you should be, like, dusting the floor with him. And, like, it's not funny, Merlin. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit funny. <laughs> it's a little bit funny. Um, they end up, I think, in Arthur's rooms with Uther. Is that where they are? It's quite familiar. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um... So Morgaus has arrived in Camelot, elsewhere in Camelot, um, and Merlin's like, we can't get him on the bed, he's too heavy. 
Arthur's like, he's the king. And Merlin's like, I'll get him a pillow. He's the king. I'll get him two pillows. Yeah, and he just shoves these pillows on the ceremony under his head. Uh, Merlin's like, we should disguise him. And I was like, yes. Merlin's like, as a woman. No. As, <laughs> as a, a servant. servant. It's like yes. Colin's comic delivery is really great there because it's just like the exact same same voice. He's like, as a woman. As a servant. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Until you yeah. say yes. Merlin goes off to get some clothes, some like servant clothes for Uther. Um, they never go through with this plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it never happens. It never happens. They get distracted. <laughs> they get super distracted. Relatable. Um, he sees a knight sort of coming down and hides in a wardrobe. It's a very nice wardrobe, but I also like to point out it's a very specifically dated wardrobe, if you know anything about wardrobes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not a medieval wardrobe. Yeah, it's like, it's very post-medieval. Um, if you know anything about anyway, so he- <laughs> no, we should their props department change. So he's hiding in this wardrobe with like a beam of light over his eyes in the, the kind of very effective second Harry Potter movie way. This always works on me. And then like the knight comes into the room and like looks around and like, oh my god, he's going to open the wardrobe. And then he doesn't open yeah, the wardrobe. Yeah, the, the scene that freaks me out the most in Lord of the Rings is like the scene in the first movie when they're like hiding under the like the hedgerow. Mm. And the uh, they go. Or the bit in Matilda where she's under the dining table, like spread eagled. Yeah, yeah, that That's always is terrifying. Yeah, That's one of the best scenes in cinema. <laughs> <laughs> A hot take. Um, Merlin goes down to see the dragon to see if he can help. Dragon pretends that he's also asleep, which is very funny to me. Um, but he does turn out to be awake and just starts mocking Merlin. Um, Merlin swears on his mother's life that he'll release the dragon if he helps. And the dragon's like, well, you do, dra- you do value your <laughs> you mother's life. You like your mom, like, a lot. So, okay. Tag yourself, I'm the dragon <laughs> pretending to be asleep instead of fi- helping to fix anything. <laughs> um, then he explains that the problem is, like, the spell should have could should have worn off if it didn't have anything to keep it going. And so it must have something to keep it going, which is a living source that's kind of carrying around the spell inside. Um, or, like, a vessel, and that vessel is Morgana. Yep. Um, and then the so dragon... You have to kill Morgana. Yeah. Then the dragon says one of the most confusing sentences of the episode, which is that she has chosen to turn her back on her own. I kind of wonder... This is a question. Who is Morgana's own? I think he means... I think he means, like, Uther and Arthur, right? Like, her family. Yeah, but I also mean, like, who should she consider? But it's, yeah, but it's strange because previously the, the the dragon has suggested that your loyalty should be to magic first and foremost. Yeah, he said that sort of to Merlin, but he's never liked Morgana. Yeah. Well, it's because he thinks Morgana's going to kill Arthur or, like, be in cahoots. Yeah, but he he's or he's still loyal to the old religion himself. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it's very confusing. It's strange. I don't know if it's meant to make us feel better about the whole thing. It doesn't. No. Anyway, dragon is like, kill Morgana. Um, and also the spell is working on you, so if you don't do it fast, you're going to fall asleep and everything's going to be fucked. Yeah. I think I would just like, alright. <laughs> just fall asleep. Then I'd have to deal with this shit. <laughs> I'll be fucking asleep. Uh, Merlin goes back to Gaius' chambers and, like, packs a bag of stuff, which I think is meant to be, like, servant's clothes for Uther, the, the plan they never get around to enacting. Yeah, but that never happens, so we're um, not sure. He remembers that um, Gaius keeps poison um, and grabs a bottle of hemlock as well. Yeah. With a little skull and crossbones. Uh, then he, like, toddle, tries to toddle back, and Arthur, like, drags him from the corridor into, like, another room. Um, and they, like, see Morgaus and the knights walk past, I think? Yeah. Right? Um, 
um, Merlin returns to Morgana, and Morgana's like, you're a good friend. So, you know, all this. I know, she's like, you're a good friend, Merlin. Pulls his, like, yeah. gross, like, tormented face. Yeah, over yeah. and Arthur's like, we have to get Uther out of here before Morgos arrives, because he's now identified the eighth rider. And Morgana seems really kind of dazed and shocked at the idea she that Morgos is here. She seems super out of it. Wildly out of it. Um, which is suggests that maybe the, the spell is working on, on her in some way. Or that it's, like, I sucking, it, like, I something from her. I feel like it's, like, her. a different spell. Like, a different selection of yeah. forces are clearly acting on her, but I don't know. Well, I feel like maybe the spell is, like, taking something from her. It's using, like, her, kind of. But she, I don't know that she's been... I think it feels more, to me, like she's slowly losing her capacity to, kind of, be logical and understand the world, and that this rise has been quite smooth i i i don't feel like this new spell has done anything whereas like if something was done when she was given the bracelet yeah. that's just continually increasing and increasing and increasing yeah, because season one morgana is like whip smart she's like mm. you know she's so on it all the time yeah and yeah yeah the morgana here is but like completely... the morgana last episode dealing with alva was quite out of it as well yeah like yeah. i don't think she's so much more out of it this episode that i can attribute it to Morgos' spell Okay, that's fair enough. But, you know, you can take it either way. I could do whatever I want. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> then they have a discussion where, like, we've got to take Uther out of Camelot, which, again, is accurate. And also, Camelot just signed an alliance with the Five Kingdoms. They don't mention this, but it is true that they... The, they don't the, mention the, the, this ever again. They don't mention it ever again. But technically, if they did manage to get Uther out of Camelot, they could go straight to their nearest neighbour and be like, we've been invaded and you just signed this contract, so you have to help us reclaim the throne. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, it's not mentioned, but... It's true. Ever, at any point. <laughs> anyway, they're like, oh, what we should do is go and use that cart in the courtyard that that guy fell asleep on, and we can take Uther out of the kingdom that way. Uh, Merlin says this, and Arthur says, you are full of good ideas today, Merlin. And Merlin, despite the fact that he's, like, horrifically tormented with what he's about to do, does this big, big smile, and it's very sweet. <laughs> um, Merlin, like, goes out and, like, blows a knight into a wall. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's just trying to get back, and he, you know... Yeah. That's um, the only spell he can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the knights then sort of, like, enter the room, and they're all sort of, like, hiding behind bits. Um, Arthur ends up fighting and yells, protect the king. So, like, Merlin and Morgana, like, drag him on a sheet out, and they drag him, like, down the corridor that they're always walking down. Um, Morgana, like, falls over, and Merlin, like, looks at her and is like, I don't give a fuck, mm-hmm. and, like, continues dragging Uther away. Um, the knight comes up to her and, like, swings a sword and, like, stops, like, two inches from her face. Um, and... Yeah. Merlin is, like, about to cast a spell when Arthur appears in his periphery and strikes down the knight. But Arthur knows. But Arthur knows. <laughs> and if it didn't by now, he does, he does now. Um, they end up in the throne room and they follow the door, which means we're about to, you know, end up with the scene that I think is, like, a flashbulb memory in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. Like, different kind of snapshots from this scene are, like, very, very familiar yeah, to me. Yeah, for sure. Even though I haven't rewatched this episode in quite a long time. No, but that moment where Merlin's kind of cradling Morgana to his chest. But also the bit where like, both Arthur yeah. and Merlin are, like, leaning against the door, slapping each other. I think it might happen more than once. Yeah, Merlin. I think it does. I, but the, this is the first time it happens. Um, yeah, Arthur's like, rip up that blanket and you can, like, lower him into the cart I am going to leave this room and get the cart to be under the window. Merlin's like, I want to join you and, like, help you get this cart. And Arthur's like, stay, protect my father. Uh, how do you think Merlin's going to do this? With magic. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, stay useless servant and woman. Protect that my father with no weapons. Yeah. Except your massive magical power. Um, <laughs> uh, and then there's the bit where like Merlin and Arthur are sort of like leaning on the door, being like, oh, hey, this is actually quite comfortable. Uh, Merlin like slaps Arthur on the face, and Arthur's like wakes straight up and goes, never do that again. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then they hear like the knights like growling outside the door. Um, and Arthur like gets ready to like remove the barrier and give it to Merlin and says to him, "If I need a servant in the next life," and so and Merlin, Merlin says, "Don't ask me." And they're like, "Ready for death together," which is emotional. Yeah. Um, um, Arthur goes out and Merlin like rebars the door, and Morgana says, "He's not going to survive." And Merlin says, "I know." And Morgana says, "We have to do something," and he says, "I know." And then he like poisons the water bag that he has with him and offers it to Morgana, and she's like, "No, I'm not thirsty." And she's like, he's like, take some water. <laughs> and then he's like, this might, if we escape, this might be the last chance you get to drink any water for a while. And then he pretends to drink some of it. And then she drinks some of it. And he, like, angrily swipes away tears, which is yeah. good acting. Um, and then Morgana starts to sort of, like, half kind of cry, choke, realizing Yeah, and she happened. does this kind of, like, horrified scrabble away mm. from him, which is, like, really horrible. Yeah. As soon as she starts sort of crying, more, more ghosts can hear her cry. Yeah. Not completely explained, but fine. Well, it's Morgosa's magic in her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah spell, oh, that's true. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if the spell itself is dying, then I guess Morgosa can feel it. Because it's her magic. Uh, Merlin, like, holds Morgana's head, like, in his lap for a little bit. Yeah. And then the doors blow open. Uh, yeah, cradles her. And it's Morgosa, and she takes Morgana into her lap. And Merlin says things, you know, like, I had to do it, and if you stop the knights, you can save her. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell, tell you what, what I used. And, can... and initially, he knows this will work because the first thing Morgos is like, is like, what did you use? I can save her. And he's like, well, call off the knights, stop the spell, and I'll give you what you want. Um, and this is all like intercut with Arthur fighting, and Morgos ends the spell. The knights collapse in front of him, and Merlin passes over the empty bottle of Hemlock, which says, Hemlock, on it. <laughs> Yeah. So he doesn't have to out loud say, it was Hemlock. <laughs> um, uh, Arthur, like, clatters back into the throne room yelling, like, you know, where's my father? Who is waking up in the background. Merlin's like, he's safe. He asks for Morgana. And Morgana says, keep away from her. And then, like, magics herself and Morgana away. Yeah, she does another teleportation spell that Merlin hasn't learned how to do. Yeah, but he knew that it existed from episode one. Yeah, but he, yeah, but he's known it. about for a real long time. But isn't that nice to do it? Two seasons, Merlin's been the most powerful sorcerer we've been aware of. Can't do the thing that apparently... Everyone can do. Yeah, well, at least medium-level sorcerers can do. Uh, the bell tolls, and we cut to Uther and Arthur talking. We kind of figure out very fast that a couple of, like, at least a few days, possibly a few weeks have passed, because uh, Morgana is still missing. Yeah. Um... Uther's very angry at Morgos, and then he turns around and is like, I haven't actually had a chance, I didn't thank you, but, like, you know, thank you for saving me. And Arthur's like, well, no, I'm pretty sure I failed. Um, yeah, I failed says, Morgana. Yeah. And I sort of expected Uther's response to be, no, you kept the royal line intact, and I'm sorry, but that's more important. But he doesn't. He, he says, doesn't it's my fault that Morgana is missing. Which is fine enough, I guess. We're kind of also building up to the, like, who is Morgana's real father? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> um, and the same parallel conversation then happens between Gaius and Merlin, 
where Gaius is like, you did the right thing, and Merlin completely disagrees. He's like, no, don't you don't you think of Morgana as a friend, and don't you care about her? Like, how can you sort of agree that this was the right thing to do? Um, and Gaius says that he fears that, quote, Morgana chose not to use her gift for good. But did she? But did like, she? Like, what did was she the, really what, have what a choice? What level of choice did yeah, she have? Yeah, did she, she, like, I think Morgana makes bad choices later. But, yes. like, thus far, she kind of just stumbled into things because she hasn't had anyone else. Yeah, she hasn't had anyone else to guide her or to, like, keep her away from those doors or to, like, tell her what she should be doing instead. Yeah. Just sad. She hasn't had any sense that she has, like, any other, like, allies out there, really. Yeah, exactly. So. Which, yeah, is a good justification for her liking Mordred because at least we sort of know that Mordred is, up to this point, sort of innocent. Yeah. Like... Like, she wasn't, I don't think she was working at her full capacity, but if she was, she wouldn't have trusted Alva, even if she did work with him. She wouldn't have trusted Morgos, even if she did work with her. But, like, I think she does trust Mordred. Yeah. Because he is a child, and he owes her. Yes. But. Anyway, Merlin just sort of, like, walks out of the room, like, he doesn't want to kind of deal with this conversation. And he goes down to the dragon, and the dragon's like, well, you'll need, um, a Medea blade. Yeah, he goes down with a sword from one of the knights. From, yeah some magic and he hits the chain real hard while yeah. he says some words well, no, actually, first, <laughs> first Mer- Merlin is like promise that you won't harm Camelot and the dragon is like uh, I think it's a bit I think we've had enough promises yeah he's um, like, I think it's been enough and then bargain. Merlin says what will you do and the dragon really vaguely goes there is but one road I will take doesn't explain this yeah. um, and despite not agreeing to not harm Camelot or answer any of Merlin's questions, Merlin's like, okay then, and like, breaks yeah. the chains. Yeah, or he swear on his mother's life, and I assume because he's magic, there's some kind of implication Yeah, well, what I, I don't know that there was necessarily a, a magic component. What I took that to mean was that the dragon is petty enough that if he ever got free, he would immediately go and kill Hunith if he felt that that particular bargain hadn't been upheld. Yeah, that also might be the case. Um, anyway, so he breaks the chains and the dragon flies off into the cave, but, like, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, upwards into this cave, which doesn't seem like it can exist in in the architecture of Camelot. Yep. As Um, a castle or city, but never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and that's the end of the episode. It is, it is. Uh, the, the chain thing with the dragon suggests there are such a thing as kind of chains which diminish magic power. As we've discussed previously. Yeah, it does. I. It's possible that such things exist elsewhere as well. But it's also possible that the chains themselves were just very, very heavy. And the sword had some level of magical power that could overcome that. Yeah. But it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Um, so, weekly questions. Why didn't they kiss this week? Well, they're not speaking out loud about anything that happens. So they yeah, they're, <laughs> they're in denial about <laughs> most things. So, like, literally um, anything could have happened. How gay was this episode? I would give it a medium. A medium, yeah. No, there was a, a lot scene. of, like, being clear that Merlin and Arthur consider dying by each other's sides to be acceptable. Yeah, to um, be the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> and when they're not thinking about Camelot, they're thinking about each other. Um, should you rewatch this episode? Yes! I think go There's for nothing it. nothing wrong with it. Go for it. It's a pretty, like, it also, if you care about Morgana, this is quite an important Morgana episode. Mm. Um, and Colin does some real great acting in this episode. Oh yeah, Colin crying. This is his good. best crying since Freya, <laughs> <laughs> which was two yeah, weeks two ago. Episodes. <laughs> no, maybe three. Um, uh, do Gaius or Uther think Merlin? They're asleep the whole time. No one cares. <laughs> uh, 
what are we excited about for next week? Next week is the season Lost finale. Dragon Lord, it's the daddy issues. It's of the daddy Merlin. issues, Merlin. Yeah, he hasn't got to have many daddy issues thus far. It's mostly but been Arthur's Don't you worry, because this week, They're Arthur coming. is going to be like, no man deserves your tears, Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, pretty upsetting. It's excellent. I can't so. wait. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, I just thought we could have like some themes to talk about. Which sure. is that, how far is Morgana culpable? We've sort of discussed that she doesn't seem to be making Not you know, informed, consensual decisions about anything. Um, it's an interesting reflection on politics that if kind of the moderates slash Gaius are in the product or in the po- the pocket of your oppressor, what should you do? And both things that both Morgana and Merlin decide to turn to don't really work. Morgana sort of turns to like a level of like vi- violent terrorism. And Merlin just sort of has faith that the future will be better yeah. without doing a lot to Merlin, try and encourage Merlin that. Merlin just kind of puts all his faith in Arthur. Yeah, but there's a level to which he could be more proactive. Oh, for sure. Um, I want to come back to it. Who are Morgana's own magic users? Her relations? I think it's super unclear. I think, I don't know, maybe there's like a blood, you know, like a blood loyalty thing that the dragon mm. is prizing, but I, I do think it's really unclear like what Morgana's loyalty should be especially that Morgana doesn't know that she is blood related to Uther yeah I think I think she has a relationship with Arthur and Gwen which she throughout the kind of second half of this season at least is ignoring but those are the closest relationships she has like Gwen knows I don't know if they like Arthur and Merlin are just not saying these things out loud but Gwen knows Gwen definitely knows yeah, she oh, has magic. Well, yeah, Gwen, Gwen's known for some, like, some time. Yeah, but she doesn't sort of talk about it with No, her. but it's never, yeah, it's, it's always, always kind of oblique yeah. in its references. And, like, I don't know, she goes after Uther and his morals a lot, but it's, she never sort of considers, except in, like, one or two scenes in season one, like, going behind Uther's back and just talking to Arthur about the world. Because, yeah. like, Arthur is going to be the next king, and, like, Uther could die at any moment. Like, <laughs> he's like, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Why do you care how old you are? You could die at any time. <laughs> um, yeah. no, Because yeah. he is her own in a way that I don't think she considers Uther as much to be. At least now. She yeah, at least she doesn't now. Most, probably. Yeah, but, but she's increasingly, like, distant and angry. Mm. And yeah. Or she has, like, a loyalty to other magic users, but that's being expressed in a very vague way in that she just sort of latches on to any magic user she comes across rather than being attached to, say, like, the rights of magic users as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which initially was her her position, which was like, I will call you out when you're being tyrannical. Yeah, but and now she kind of, yeah, if there's someone in her vicinity that she can latch on to, she is that. Yeah. Which is why Merlin should have been her friend. Yeah. He does call her his friend in this episode but i was like what the fuck man yeah not, not a great friend no <laughs> also merlin is like wasn't morgana your friend to gaius absolutely not her friend yeah no that's not their dynamic at all yeah anyway the other sort of question i had is again can we come back to more ghosts what is her role what are her aims this the answer to these questions is like even less clear than those of morgana's like, at least sort of Nimue had a history with Camelot. Like, she was a priestess of the old religion, but she personally was invested. I think she does just want to overthrow 
Uther in the yeah. same way that kind of all magic users vaguely want to overthrow Uther. Yeah, it's just that isn't she is a priestess of the old religion, isn't she, Margrace? I think so. Because she, trains, she can, because she she can bring back Igraine. I think that that was the reason yeah. that she could do that. Right. So, but, like, together, she and, like, Nimue had presented that role as being quite, like, removed. Like, I am at the will of the gods and the elements, and I personally have a vendetta against Uther yeah. because I think he's a hypocrite. But, innately, I'm not necessarily an immoral force, I'm an amoral force. Yeah. And Morgos sort of has hints of that, in that she's this wish-granter for Arthur and this wish-granter for Morgana. I don't know. It's str- her relationship with Morgana is like a strange one. Mm. And you think it's never clear. Like she, cle- she like does love her. Mm. She's never. It's never clear how far that goes and how much of it is like. Is she doing this for Morgana? Or is Morgana more of an object? Yeah. That she would like to have claimed. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There's like bits where they they as the kind of priestesses of the old religion. And Morgana herself touch on, like, one of the roles of Morgan Le Fay in, say, like, Gowan and the Green Knight, which we've both read. Like, the role of Morgan Le Fay is to just check if you're being a hypocrite. Like, she's not controlled by the court of Camelot. And she and she ends up being the mastermind behind this challenge being set. And the challenge is basically, are you as good as you say you are? Yeah. You're going around saying, oh, I'm so noble, I'm so good, I'm so strong. Um, I'm a paragon of virtue. Prove it. And, yeah. like, Gowan goes out and he does pretty well. Not perfect, but he does pretty well. And she's like, okay then, and leaves. And there's a level to which Nimue was definitely about that. She was like, I don't like you because you're a hypocrite. And early Morgana was definitely like, I don't like you because you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah, Morgo seems kind of more, like, earthy in her ambitions and her focus. Yeah. But it is vague. It is vague. It is vague. She's kind of just, it's kind of just, like, another magic woman with... Yeah, but with, like, some association with something more than just being a sort of terrorist. Yeah. Which is what Alva was. And yeah. And what, you know, everyone of his ilk were. I can't quite remember what happens with the Morgo storyline, so I guess we'll just have to... Find out. Find out next season. But it's interesting, again, that by this point we actually have, like, a huge number of different factions where, like, we began this story with sort of two. Yeah, it was, like, the yeah, religion quite and binary. the old religion. But now we've got, like... The priestesses of the old religion and the two of them are actually quite different. The druids and their kind of peacemaking ways, um, and like bandits who have magic and would like to see that magic made legal but aren't going to abide by the dru- druids' rules either way. And then like random people acting alone, like the woman who yeah, cast yeah. the curse on Freya. And, and so then, it's really yeah. confusing. And then it's people really like Gaius and Merlin who are yeah. kind of fit in both worlds. Yeah, which is almost like the Freya woman the sort of like lone agents acting according to their own set of morals yeah anyway it's really complicated it is it's a hot mess mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's I guess again what politics yeah, is like yeah right that is that yeah. it's like real yeah that's mm-hmm. good anyway those are my oh my other talking point is pointing out that this feels like a season finale but isn't which is yeah, quite interesting yeah it's, it's really bizarre to have this as like the have this the penultimate the, the penultimate episode and then have the episode next week, which really doesn't have very much to do with this episode at all, except for the final scene with the dragon. Mm. Um, and I have this completely dis- this completely distinct, kind of almost self-contained plot 
mm. in the next episode as a season finale. It's like a strange. Yeah, we had this one like all, like, yeah, like two episodes. Because you have this big climax pushing... to the Morgana, yeah. the Morgana, the kind of series Morgana arc, mm. and the next episode it's just like, oh, and Merlin's dad and the dragon, <laughs> but that's like done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I guess we'll have to talk more about that when we've discussed next week's episode. Yeah. So, like, look forward to that. But it is sort of interesting structurally to have done this. Yeah, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know why they works. did it, it but like we'll see. Odd, but. <laughs> anyway. Cool. Cool. Uh, I have a pick. Um, so, basically, I walked out of this episode being like, I need to fucking redeem Morgana because this is so complicated and, like, her guilt actually is not that great at the moment. I remembered her going darker a lot faster and she sort of on the outside appears to she says all the right dark things like I want Uther's kingdom to be destroyed but like actually the way Katie presents it is like not that clear cut yeah so um there's a modern AU called Echoes of Yesterday in which Morgana has disappeared and Arthur needs like the help of his ex-boyfriend Merlin to find her (laughs) Um, which is a lol and then some (laughs) which is a lol (laughs) uh, some more canon era uh, Morgana Redemption arcs. Uh, Off the Beaten Path uh, has like many different actors acting in ignorance of each other's plans. So Merlin steeps into a druid camp and kidnaps Mordred uh, with some kind of idea about changing destiny. That I guess. seems like not a great idea. Yeah, well, it's Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, and like at some point, both are uh, both Merlin and Morgana have disappeared from Camelot, um, and like. The people remaining who are i think arthur gwen and lancelot like have to sort of act in their present in their absence yes to bring them home yeah. while merlin and morgana are sort of on their way to coming home um there's a fic called if thou wilt have it read except have is spelled h-a-u-e like they do in the manuscripts very good <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you writing it just because of the title no it's pretty good um, it is like a few. It's like it has a cup, a bit more of the timeline. Like it's not written at this point in the timeline. Um, so it's set when Arthur is king, and some more bad Morgana stuff has happened. Um, and Merlin is hit by a truth spell, and starts to sort of worry about stuff. They start to blame Morgana. Um, there are kind of mysterious figures walking around, and he and Gwen have both been hit by this truth spell, and. Gwen ends up kind of giving this talk about like her memories of Morgana and being like no I don't blame her yes I do miss her and like the reasons for this truth spell having been sent to specifically those two people and then like leading towards a Morgana redemption uh which is nice and then there (laughs) is an interesting plot twist this is really interesting um, obviously, uh, it's not something that we could have pushed in canon, but it is a nice idea for a fic, which is that evil Morgana was actually, like, a fake front, and real Morgana has been, like, kidnapped and imprisoned for a while, but now she is back, and we have to, like, deal with all of the repercussions, and it's called Go On and Break Me, and it is Arthur Merlin, Gwen Morgana. Good stuff. Did I write anything else? I like that you said we in that. I thought we could have gone within canon. Yeah, yeah, like obviously. like you were responsible for making the show <laughs> and crafting its decision, yeah. along with the J's. <laughs> oh, and the other note that I wrote is is an interesting sort of theme to return to later when we discover more about Morgana's backstory and you know Uther's involvement with it, is that the Merlin writers have given Arthur's birth story to Morgana, like in legend. 
Arthur is born to Igraine, who is married to a different man, and accidentally cheats on Uther, because in the Maori version, Uther is under a spell to look like her husband. Um, but then she discovers... Like, Which is great! It's not great. Oh, isn't that... Oh, what a cool, <laughs> fun story about yeah. a really great consensual yeah. encounter. And, like, Uther doesn't acknowledge him as his son until a lot later in the game, because he made this deal. Basically, he wanted to sleep with a grain and spoke to Merlin, and Merlin was like, I'll make you a deal. Which is why, obviously, like, in, in like, conventional Arthurian legend, he, like, appears and has to pull the yeah. sword out to prove he that he's the king, himself. because... Because yeah. he doesn't have acknowledgement. He doesn't have... He hasn't been... Yeah, the deal is... Um, I will give you a disguise as a grain's husband so you can sleep with her, and in return, you give me the child that you will sire, and I will raise him because I think that everyone's fucking everything up and I'm gonna create the best king to ever be. Yeah. Um, which is an excellent announcement. Um, but that's the story they basically give Morgana. It is, yeah. Except no magic user ever comes to steal her away until a lot later. Yeah, yeah, until it's too late. <laughs> Um, so, like, legend-wise, they're semi- semi-sort of justifying her later claim to the crown. Um, also, if you were gonna go back to the original sort of idea of Merlin, which was like, this is how it really was, and then the legends changed things because they had to rewrite it for different political reasons. Like, if this was, quote, really how it went, then, like, later writers would have stolen this story and reassigned it to Arthur to make his claim to the throne look more legitimate than hers. Because that's how writing works. Yeah. It's all about legitimising the current person who's in charge. C.F. Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And, like, every, like, chronicle that's written more than 100 years after the events that are contained within it yeah. are written to be like, this is how it was meant to be because the person in charge now is paying my wage and they're definitely And I don't want to be in prison. Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thanks, bye. <laughs> oh, yeah, those are all the interesting things that I thought I'd talk- that I've talked about. And those are my thick wrecks. Those are good thick wrecks. Thank you very much, Thank Harris. And so, if you want to get in touch with us, please at us on Twitter at WomanMurtherKiss or engage in some way on Instagram at WomanMurtherKiss or <laughs> email us with your thoughts, feelings, hopes, dreams about <laughs> fanfiction <laughs> at WomanMurtherKiss at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye. Why don't we disguise him? That might just work. We could dress him as a woman. That, on the other hand. We could dress him as a servant. That's better. Merlin.